You are listening to the Delay and Pray podcast, episode number 63. Welcome to the Delay and Pray podcast, where certified Catholic and weight loss coach Beth Bubick teaches you how to permanently lose weight through spiritual fasting. Get ready to gain faith and lose weight through a joyful transformation of both body and soul. Now, your host, Beth, the Catholic Fasting Coach. On today's podcast, I am interviewed by a coach that is near and dear to my heart. Her name is Kylie Hine, and I met her at Metanoia Catholic when I was her drill instructor in the Catholic Coaching Certification Program. She has an infectious smile and a loving personality that makes you feel like you're the only person in the room. And she is professional and deeply spiritual, a wonderful combination when it comes to coaching, for sure. Kylie is a certified Catholic mindset coach on a mission to bring souls back to Christ through prayer. She grew up with the mindset that operating in a perpetual state of high stress was synonymous with accomplishment. Well, Kylie soon discovered that this was not true at all when she embraced God's invitation to thrive in a more intentional and slower way. She has over 13 years of experience in education and coaching, coupled with a master's in ministry and spiritual direction studies. Kylie combines the power of mindset coaching with the rules of discernment for spiritual growth. She is the host of the Persistence in Prayer podcast, and she teaches busy women how to create space from their obligations and time constraints to better hear the voice of God. If you're ready for life to go from good to better, she just may be the coach for you, and I will put all of her links in the show notes. So in this podcast, Kylie recalls a memory of me teaching the group at Metanoia Catholic what I call the water on the wood miracle that we should all be praying for when we are praying and fasting. Why? Because sometimes we just need to be obedient to God and do what He says instead of using our own human reasoning to go our own way. So let me tell you a little bit about this before the interview. The water on the wood miracle is described in 1 Kings 18. Trust in the Lord is difficult for all of us. And in this passage in scripture, the prophet Elijah asks Obadiah to go tell King Ahab, who's an evil king, that Elijah is finally here and he wants to talk to him. Now in this circumstance, the Lord was sending Elijah to send rain upon the earth, finally to end a three and a half year famine in the land. But Obadiah is scared and pleads with Elijah not to send him to the evil king because he thinks the evil king will kill him if Elijah doesn't show up because the king has been looking for Elijah for a long time because he blames Elijah for the famine. Obadiah argues with Elijah that he has done so much for the Lord already and he's waited and he's been patient and now the Lord wants him to do this? Man, how many times have you and I said this? Lord, Lord, I've done this for you and this for you. And now you want what? Sometimes we do ask him that. But the Lord is actually patient. Okay, back to the scripture. So Elijah assures Obadiah that he will meet with King Ahab. And Obadiah relents and goes to King Ahab to give him the message. When Elijah and the king meet, Ahab indeed blames Elijah for the famine. But Elijah, exhorts him that it is precisely because of Ahab's evil worship of the false gods of Baal that the Lord is punishing him and the land of Israel. Elijah asks King Ahab to assemble all the people, including the 450 false prophets of Baal. So what's interesting about this, as you can see, it's Elijah against 450 false prophets. It's one against 450. This is just how God works most of the time, doesn't he? He does his most beautiful and profound work in the remnant, in the small person who has faith. This is just how God works. You can definitely read this entire passage and the scripture before the passage and after the passage. It is just a beautiful, beautiful reading. But to shorten the information up for you, what actually happens is this. Elijah says to the prophets of Baal, choose one of the bulls and prepare it first, since there are so many of you. Call in the name of your God, but do not light the fire. Let your God light the fire. So this is what they did. They called on the name of Baal all day long, but he never answered. They even slashed themselves with spears, as was their custom, until their blood flowed. 
but no one answered. There was no response. Okay, now to Elijah. Elijah said to the people, come here to me. And they came to him and he repaired the altar of the Lord, which had been torn down. He took 12 stones, one for each of the tribes descended from Jacob. And he said, your name shall be Israel with the stones. He built an altar in the name of the Lord. He dug a trench around it. He arranged the wood, cut the bowl into pieces and laid it on the wood. Then he said to them, fill four large jars with water and pour it over the offering and on the wood. Okay. So now if you're going to cook something on wood, I mean, the absolute worst thing you could probably do is pour water on the wood, right? Yeah, exactly. Well, God's ways are not our ways and God's thoughts are not our thoughts. God's thoughts and ways are way higher than our own. And this is where obedience comes in. And Elijah was obedient. After the people poured water on the wood three times and the water was even running down the sides, filling the trench around the altar, the prophet Elijah stepped forward and prayed, Lord, the God of Abraham, Isaac and Israel, let it be known today that you are God in Israel and that I am your servant and have done all these things that you've commanded. Answer me, Lord, answer me. So these people will know that you, Lord, are God and that you alone are turning hearts back again towards yourself. The Lord answered Elijah and the fire fell and burned up the sacrifice, burned up the wood, burned the stones in the soil and licked up every bit of water in the trench. When all of the people saw this, they fell prostrate and cried, the Lord, the Lord, he is God. He is the Lord, our God. So I say this because I haven't thought about the actual scripture in a long time, but I often pray for water on the wood miracles because sometimes life doesn't make sense, but God is king. Sometimes you feel alone like Obadiah and Elijah, but God is still king. Sometimes solving your problems, especially in fasting and prayers, it's going to take a while. It's going to take longer than you think and is very challenging, but God is king. The Lord will answer you in time because he's king. We just have to be patient and we have to turn our hearts back to God. Sometimes it's necessary to pray and fast so hard that we're asking for water on the wood miracles. These are miracles that don't always make sense here on earth, but God works them so that we believe and he is glorified. This is going to take faith, my friends. He wants to make these miracles happen for you but you're going to have to do the hard work. You're going to have to pray and fast and have faith. These are the hardest of miracles. These are the water on the wood miracles and we need them this year. You should just take this scripture into adoration, into mass and study it. What does God have to say to you here about the water on the wood miracles in your life that you are looking for? And especially this Lent, God is asking for our hearts. God is asking for us to turn our hearts back to him. And so I think that's something that's worth looking at and worth praying for. So keeping all of this in mind, especially as we prepare to enter Lent, I pass along this wonderful podcast with Kylie Hine, where she interviews me and we discuss all things spiritual fasting. Enjoy. Hello, everyone, and welcome back. Thank you so much for being here. It is a blessing to have our guest here with me today. I promise she will not disappoint. And if you leave here today with absolutely no desire to change anything in your life, I'm going to be shocked. Today, I am joined by the Catholic fasting coach, CEO, Beth Bubik. Beth is a certified life and weight coach through the Life Coach School. She is also a certified Catholic mindset coach through Metanoia Catholic. Fun fact, for my first round of coach training, Beth was my drill instructor, and she was phenomenal. She got me hooked on coaching, and after working with her, I was all in. Her upcoming book, Delay and Pray, will be published early this year. At the Catholic Fasting Coach, they are on a mission to bring one million Catholics back to the Catholic Church through spiritual fasting. Beth, this is such an incredible mission, and I know you are just a few years into doing this full time, but the fruits are evident already. I love how you always take God-sized dreams to the Lord, and then you are so intentional about saying yes and going after them. So welcome, and thank you for being here. Hi, Kylie. It is an honor and a blessing to be here. I miss you. I know. <laughs> We had so much fun in those drill instruction days. <laughs> yes. And I always took so much away from them. There are key phrases that will pop into my mind every once in a while. Actually, the day I reached out to you about coming on the podcast, 
I couldn't sleep. And I woke up and I just heard your voice saying, pour the water on the wood. And I don't know if you remember sharing that scripture. Yeah, all the time. I'm like, Lord, this is a water on the wood moment. Yes. I remember taking that back to my volleyball team when I was coaching and just sharing that verse with them and talking about how we really just have to trust the Lord and pour the water on the wood in our dreams. Yes. And be obedient to him. Yeah. I, I love that. Amen. You have an incredible story that I I remember hearing it. It was so inspirational that I think it's just going to make people want to fast. Will you share how you ended up in this particular type of coaching? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So I was 30 pounds overweight, had spent my whole life trying to lose weight. <laughs> and um, being the youngest out of eight, I had um, four older sisters and they were always dieting. So I think I wanted my first diet maybe in fifth grade. I, I I was concerned about health, but not really. It was really the worldly kind of fleshy goal of being a certain weight. What was interesting is I was in like my 40s and I was walking around my neighborhood and I was listening to Brooke Castillo's podcast and she was talking about mindset work. I'd never heard about mindset work and how it could help you lose weight. And then she was talking about the substances of sugar and flour and how it was all about insulin. And what insulin and hormones were actually doing to your body that inhibited you from losing the weight. So I was like, oh my gosh. So I listened. I tried to do some of it on my own. I ended up joining her program and then joining her certification. So I got certified through that school. Well, I'd always wanted to learn how to fast. So I would always try to fast during Lent and try to go on bread and water, even just like during the year, if I was really fasting for something or for the reparation of sins for the Blessed Mother, and I could never get through it. And when I went through the life coach school and learned about insulin, sugar, flour, alcohol, like what it was doing to my bloodstream and why intermittent fasting was good for that, why eliminating the sugar and flour was good for health. All of a sudden this health aspect came into my mind and I was like, oh my gosh. And I was actually using a thought model that she taught me that I was like, oh my goodness, this is working. This is working. So here I've spent all this time dieting. What a waste. But all this time I had never thought about inviting God into my struggles, my weight struggles and my health struggles. And so when I started to literally have this spiritual goal that was paired up with the physical goal of weight loss, and I put them together, and then I started to really concentrate on my health and my blood work and the insulin, everything became like, what's going to rise my insulin? What's happening to my hormones? I just started to read, read, read about the health of my body and what I was actually putting into my body. And then once I started to add intermittent fasting to that, just slowly over time, my health improved. I mean, my doctor was like, what are you doing? Because I'm on no medication. I'm going to be 59 this year. I I lift weights. I work out. And I'm just fasting all the time for other souls. And that's what it is. When dieting is self-focused, it's like a white knuckling. You're doing it for yourself. But then when you spiritually fast, it's outward and you're doing it for the love of others. And you're always offering the conversion of your husband, the conversion of your family, a financial breakthrough to get into that retirement home. And it has to be a goal that it's like the why that makes you cry, right? It's something that like I'm crying. It has to be that special. And I have a lot of people that ask me, how come I can't just do it for Jesus? And I went through that too. I felt really guilty that I wasn't doing it just for Jesus. And that is something that just, it comes later. We're all made to be saints and we're all in this trajectory or road to sainthood. And it's a slow roll. (laughs) We have a lot of baggage that's placed in our purse. It's like sitting on our shoulder. It's usually limiting thoughts that are in there and beliefs and they're heavy bricks of just past wounds and things we carry around. We have to unpack all that and then we can start loving others how they should be loved. And then we can start loving Jesus how he should be loved. And then all of a sudden he becomes the center of your life. And then pretty soon you're doing it for him. But people shouldn't feel guilty that they can't do that right away. Like I'm going to fast just for Jesus. And then they fail. It has to be even closer to that, closer to you. And usually I teach weight loss. So most people that come to me, either want to lose weight or they're on a strict diet. They either have IBS, SIBO, 
they have something else that's going on, lupus or some diet restriction program, and they're having a really hard time following it. So what's beautiful about spiritual fasting, and, and in my program, it's called Delay and Pray, is that it's really a gift because ultimately it's redemptive suffering. You just have to shift your mind from, I hate this. Why me? Why am I like this? Instead, it's thank you, Lord. I didn't ask for the suffering, but you gave it to me. And here I am, Lord. Here I am. And I'm going to do this for you. I'm going to do it for my husband. I'm doing it for my kids and my neighbor or my sister or my mom or a financial breakthrough or a new job or whatever you're actually praying for that's close to your heart. And so you pray, you fast, and then basically you give it to God and then he actually forms the outcome. And you have to be patient because he will form the outcome because he knows exactly what's best for you. Absolutely. Yeah. So that in a nutshell was how it flipped the dieting on its head. And I I want everyone to know that because I'm not some person that's, oh yes, I've been spiritually fasting all my life. I was trying all my life, but I had this diet mentality that I had to unpack with coaches for a few years. And it still can creep up sometimes. And it's like, no, that's not what I'm doing here. I want to be healthy for God, fit in body and soul. Amen. And I want to go back to a couple of things. You talked about inviting God into your suffering, which I think is so important. And this is something I have struggled with because through my thought work and recognizing what is the root, why is this so hard for me? It's because I had the thought he suffered enough. I don't want him to suffer anymore. I don't want to invite him into my suffering. Like Christ suffered so much on the cross. I want to take away that suffering. I don't want to bring him into it. And so that was a lot of thought work that I've had to do around inviting the Lord into my own suffering. But like you said, when you do, it's that redemptive suffering. And -hmm. it's so beautiful. And another one that you brought up was people with SIBO, people with IBS. I struggle with these things as well. And my recent thought work has been, I don't want to do the work to get healthy because I've tried so many things. When you have SIBO or you have something like that, Every doctor tells you something different. They tell you a different way to eat, different supplements to try, and then you spend all of this money and you feel worse. And I have just gotten to that point where for a while, I don't want to try anything else. I'm done. I'm just going to be how I am and get through it. And so that's why I think your work is so beautiful. And it's helping people who struggle just with weight loss, but also people who have that suffering that they didn't ask for. Mm. Well, okay, let's take the first one first. So you didn't want your suffering and you didn't want Jesus to share in your suffering because he's always suffered enough. That is so you, Kylie. That's so beautiful. (laughs) And you know what, though? Unfortunately, because of the fall, we're all going to have to suffer and he's inviting us under the cross. So we all have to enter Calvary. And that's why going to the stations of the cross and really meditating on the sorrowful mysteries is important of the rosary. Because he always invites us under the cross and it's not a comfortable place to be. And he wants to take on that suffering. That's why he came and he knows no space and time, right? So he's with us. So if you're snugged under the cross, Simon of Cyrene, and you're Mm -hmm. walking with him, nobody wants to be there. Simon did not want to be there. He was placed there. He was forced and he had no idea what was going on. But by the end, he was transformed and converted. And that's what the Lord wants us to do too. He's like, come on in. I will help you. You help me. And by the end, you will be converted to my heart and I will turn your heart into my heart. And that's a gift. So the people who don't suffer will will never go under the cross. because Mm. There's a cross to go under. Everyone has a cross, but do you know what I mean? Yes. Yeah. And my daughter had... She's once you have SIBO, it's hard to eliminate fully, but we prayed about it. We got to a functional medicine doctor. She went through quite a process. This was last year. And because of what was happening with her, that was the first time that I was actually able to do bread and water on Wednesdays and Fridays for a really long time until she was healed and she's been healed. So it is, it's being in community, praying and fasting for each other, praying for direction yoking together with our health and asking Jesus into every single ounce of that and asking for healing. That's the God's eye stream. That's the water on the wood. 
is just asking for healing, begging for healing. And he'll either give it to you or he won't. But the fasting, if somebody's fasting for you, uh, it'll come quicker. It's how we were meant to be. We were meant to live for each other. That's what people don't understand. We were meant to be on this earth. We are meant to live for each other, to fast and pray for each other. That's what we were meant to do, to help each other in all kinds of ways. We were not meant to just take care of ourselves. I think parenting is a perfect example of this. There are things that we would never do for ourselves, but we do not hesitate to do for our children. Yes. Or grandchildren. That's so true. (laughs) That's a new thing for me. No, this is true. This is true. And I think too that what was the second thing that you were talking about? We, we oh, talking- I said I have, I go through stages where I have the thought, I don't want to do the work. Mm-hmm. I've tried and the money side of it comes into like, I've spent all of this money because there's different supplements to help keep the nutrients up in my body because I don't absorb everything. But then I'll try one and it makes me so sick that it's, oh, I just don't want to try anymore. Yes. Okay. So I think I remember when Lisa was like on 12 supplements, but luckily I had a client that was actually going through the same thing that she was going through and I was coaching her. And as I was coaching her, I was coaching Alyssa and I was, I felt so good because they're both on the same track and they both were getting the same like supplements and things. So I felt good because this is like the first time that we'd actually seen a functional medicine doctor. Mm-hmm. And so they were switching supplements out. They were switching all of that. I just tell, I just was with her, just keep going for both of these people. And they ended up doing pretty well in the end, but, but it is a mindset change because there are some things that they're never going to be able to go back to, for instance, alcohol. Mm. Sugar. Yeah. So that is, that is something, okay. My daughter at times 24 and She's just your normal average college student then (laughs) just graduated and stuff and a single. And so that debt to her was like, oh my gosh, how am I going to do that? And it's, you you can do it because you can intercede for the whole wide world. Absolutely. And it's amazing how alcohol is one I really don't miss. After so long, you eventually get to a point where it's, okay, I really didn't need that. No, no, not at all. And what's interesting is for my daughter. She goes to daily mass sometimes and she tries to get to it as, as often as possible. Wednesday night adoration. She's taking her boyfriend through RCIA. I wonder if she wouldn't have had the SIBO if she wouldn't have been so deeply in love with Christ. And that the, is there's one the thing I can say is it has taught me so much about slowing down, mm-hmm. about denying myself of the instant gratification of having the thing that I want to eat. And that has been really beautiful. And I'm so grateful for that aspect of it because I probably wouldn't have slowed down. I probably wouldn't have made some of the shifts that I have made had I not had that suffering or that thing that I'm going through. And I know there are some listeners who maybe don't have SIBO, but have some health issues or have food allergies and things like that, that they're struggling with. And so I think this is such a great conversation to have. And even if you aren't struggling with food for anyone listening, I think that just hearing the tiny miracles that can come from fasting. And I would love if you would share what does fasting look like or what could it look like? Because I think there are a lot of preconceived notions about what fasting looks like. It has to be bread and water, but it doesn't have to look like that. The bread and water that comes from um, a lot of the apparitions, um, mainly right now, the one that we know of is Medjugorje. And basically it's the bread is you know, the symbol of the Eucharist. And so the Blessed Mother has asked us to fast on bread and water on Wednesdays and Fridays. She calls it the the best fast. But if you can't do that, then just fast off of something. And so what's interesting, if you try to fast off sugar, flour, and al- alcohol, like during the week, then what happens is your body does go into a ketosis and uses your fat stores as energy. So you are going to lose the weight and get more healthy. And you should always check with your doctor. I'm not a doctor. I'm an engineer by degree. Um, I'm a teacher. So just make sure you're under a doctor's supervision. But what's happened to me in all of my reading is that it's great to be in ketosis during the week. And then you can sugar burn on the weekends, like Saturday night after mass and Sunday you feast because it's a feast day because of the Eucharist. And, but you don't have a whole cake. You, you just have a little bit, you have a couple bites of cake and then there's an order to that. So you eat like a salad in your meal and then you can have a dessert or you can have fruit with whipping cream. 
or you can have a glass of wine with dinner. And so as you and I learned in Metanoia Catholic certification is that virtue is practiced in the moderation. So the whole goal to fasting is to moderate your appetites, to moderate your passions and not swing from one side to the other. And we were really never meant to eat the amount of sugar that we eat today. I mean, this is crazy. The amount of sugar, the high fructose corn syrup that's in everything, just checking the label, all the chemicals and things that are in all of our food, they cause inflammation, they cause an insulin response, which causes basically your leptin and your ghrelin to not work well, which is like, those are the hunger hormones that say we should stop eating now and then go for a walk. Instead, it's blocked at your brain. That's leptin. And then you're like, oh, I'm not going to stop eating. And then I'm going to lay on the couch. Okay. Mm. It's totally flipped on its head. And so that's where kind of we're at. So people are like, I don't know why I can't stop eating or I don't know why I'm so lethargic. That's that vice cycle. So that sugar, flour, alcohol in large amounts every day, then what happens is that causes overdesire, which causes overhunger, which causes overeating. And then it just goes round and round. Instead, we could hop over onto the virtue cycle. And the virtue cycle is you delay the sugar, flour, and alcohol, and then your true desire is Jesus because everything comes up. You get angry and you're like, why am I angry? And what's happening to me? Thoughts come, feelings come. You start to deal with them. You start to do really hard things. You start to get into ordered eating, which is really, it's sweet. I love the glucose goddess. She has a book out. It's actually called Glucose Goddess. And her first name is Jessie. She has a really long French name. And she's talked about this order to eating where you eat your vegetables first and then your meal, like a salad, and then your meal, and then dessert is last, like I said before. And that right there can help you not only moderate the dessert because you're already full, but it can just, it helps your whole system. And it's all in my book. I have all of this detailed in my book of why your body works the way it does. And so that helps you to eat to enough and go to that moderate place. So you go ketosis during the week, you sugar burn during the weekend a little bit, and then you go back into ketosis and it's called metabolic flexibility. And so your body can easily go up and down and you're not going to gain a bunch of weight. There's no extreme here. Mm -hmm. It's just moderate. Now, SIBO, IBS, lupus, some of the immune diseases, that's a functional medicine doctor category, they tell you what you can eat. And then I just help my clients figure out their mindset about it. To stick to I'm not that. A, mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm not about to tell them to delay sugar. I mean, be honest with you. Nobody needs alcohol. I like alcohol. I like a glass of wine. But if, if I never had wine or alcohol again, I wouldn't die. You wouldn't die. Mm -hmm. If I never had sugar again, refined sugar, I wouldn't fall over. Like it's fine. And when I say flour, I'm talking about the white refined flour. A lot I was going to ask you that. Okay. Yeah. So I'm talking about like the white refined flour that you find in the United States. And, and sometimes in the world now, it has glyphosate in it. It's got, which is just, just a chemical that they have sprayed onto just the wheat and all of that. It's got chemicals in it. It's not great for you. We feed it to our kids all the time. That's like your Wonder Bread and all of that, right? Yes. So if I'm going to do bread and water on Wednesday and Fridays, then I'm making my own spelt bread and it is a wheat berry but I don't have a lot of it. I just have a small amount. I'll have a piece or two and then water. I'm used to that now because my body's very used to going up and down with fasting, but I am on my fourth year. So fourth year of doing this and it's getting much easier. And then the other thing I want to tell you too, is we wouldn't want to leave out the sacraments because that's a huge part of my program. So the delay and pray that's awesome. That's this eat fast feast cycle where we eat on Mondays, Tuesdays, Thursdays, and Saturdays. And then we fast on Wednesdays and Fridays. And by fasting, it's not bread and water. I don't even teach that right now. It's just denying yourself meat on those two days and then having either three meals, two meals, or one meal, wherever you are in your journey. And we eat in meals. So there's even a little fast between meals so we're always keeping the fast. So let's say your little daughter was having a problem at school. And so you ate at, let's say 8 a.m. You're not supposed to eat till noon, but all of a sudden at 11, you're like, I think I really want to eat. <laughs> you want to eat early, right? But then you think about your daughter and you're like, I can go one more hour for her. So you sit down, you say, Hail Mary, you get busy with whatever you're doing, and then you don't eat till noon. 
that's a fast. So fast doesn't have to be just no food and water. <laughs> it doesn't have to be bread and water. Fasting, according to the Catholic Church, is basically one normal, full, I always have to read it, one normal full-size meal and two smaller meals, which if combined would not exceed one full meal. Okay, I love my Catholic Church, but honestly, you guys, one normal full-size meal, like... That's okay, different that, for everyone. It's different for everyone. That could be like a fish sandwich with fries. Or I would sit down and be like, oh, this is still part of my meal. I can eat more. <laughs> yeah, I can have a big... One normal full-sized meal and two smaller meals, which if combined would not exceed one full meal. And I, okay, so all I'm trying to say is we have lacks. If you go onto the real devout Catholic influencers that are out there right now, they're like, okay, everybody, this is minimum. This is minimum because we only have to do that on Ash Wednesday and Good Friday. We don't even have to do that during Lent. Okay, so here's a better way. Here's a better way. What is Lent? Lent we get such great graces out of Lent. We need to take that really seriously because the graces are there for us to transform us to be such great people. And that's what we want to do. We want to be saints. In order to do that, we have to figure out where our vices are so we can head into virtue instead. So to take a look at ourselves, to take a look at our attachments and why food, because when we deny our food and some people alcohol, a lot of Catholics alcohol, including me. When you take that away, it's like a, it's a life-sustaining sustenance. And, and it's almost like your head tells you, I'm going to die. It really yeah. does. You know how our brains work, right? 60,000 thoughts going in there a day, most of them lies. And it's like, I can't do it. I'm going to die. This is awful. This isn't fair. All of those little things, these thoughts that some of them are demonic and some of them are just, some of us. them are just <laughs> us not wanting to do anything. Like, I don't want to. That's a big one. I don't want to. I really don't want to. I know you don't, but we're going to do it anyway. So it's like that. So if we take Lent seriously, this is the kickoff. This is how you build the resolution. This is how you become resolute for the year. This is how you lose the weight. This is how you follow your particular food protocol. This is how you build the holy habits. And this is how you get close to God and prayer, fasting, and almsgiving. Those are the three pillars. We all know that. And they should be all year long, but this is how we start. This is why Lent is so amazing. We just start. We go into the desert with Jesus and prayer is to gain closeness to God. Fasting is to slay the fleshly desires and almsgiving is to detach from the world. That's why it is so important. And so if you want to have a huge desire for the glory of God and to proclaim the gospel out to just your community, your family, whatever it is, if you start small in Lent and just amp up your prayer life, amp up your fasting, amp up your almsgiving just a little bit. It doesn't mean just money. It really does mean what can I do for the church? How can I help my neighbor? And like as coaches, how can I help Kylie? How can I help somebody? Like who can I help? Who can I help today? Like really big in Lent. Then what's going to happen is you are going to wake up your appetites. You're going to see them <laughs> and you're going to be able to say, I have to get rid of that. Go to confession bring in the sacraments a lot, get into the church activities, get busy, get back into church. Since COVID, people are just not going back to church for activities, for missions, parish missions, for just prayer groups, for scripture studies, just for any, they're, they're smaller. It's, I know some parishes are doing great, but some parishes are not. And so it's getting people to set Lent apart and to be like, no, this is Lent. My life is very different during Lent. So I hope that answers your question on fasting. Yeah. And I think I just want to highlight again, you can start small. I know. So sugar, flour and alcohol, maybe that sounds like a lot. But for me, I know when I started having to eliminate foods, I started with gluten. That was the first one. And I thought that was so hard. And then I went to a functional medicine doctor and time and time again, even at my allergist, they tell you no sugar, no dairy. Dairy was the second to go and sugar was the hardest for me. It was a struggle. But I got through it and it's not that hard anymore. So start with something small. And I think you have a great community, but I think community is so essential too. Yes, yes. And thank you for saying that because Matt Ingold, he's the owner. He and Aaron are, are the owner of Mennonite Catholic. I remember it. He goes, Beth, what is your offer? And I'm like, oh my gosh, Matt, you're going to love it. It's permanent weight loss through spiritual fasting by delaying sugar, flour, and alcohol till Sundays because Sunday's a feast day. And he goes, that's a terrible offer. That's awful. <laughs> that's awful, he said. He goes, that's awful, Beth. No one's going to sign up for that. 
and yet they are. And so we laughed because I looked at, so I don't really lead with the sugar flower alcohol. I just permanent weight loss through spiritual fasting. Mm -hmm. And then what's so cute is people get in, women get into the program. It's just women. And about five weeks in, they're like, okay, wait, my faith is just exploding. And yes, the weight loss is great, but that's a side effect. And that's what happens. It's spiritual fasting will transform you from the inside out. It'll make you understand that you are worthy no matter what your weight, no matter what your health, you are so worthy and God loves you so much. He loves you. And if you could only love yourself, if you could only give yourself a hug every morning and say, it's okay that I'm 30 pounds up, I'm okay. We'll get there. It'll be fine. He wants you to love yourself as he loves you because that's the very beginning of loving your neighbor. You have to love yourself before you can love your neighbor. And a lot of us hate ourselves mm. just because we think we're too fat or we don't look right. We have these health issues or something about our personality. We're not doing enough. We're that's not doing enough. Oh, we're not worthy. We're doing too much. Like we want it all. We're like all or nothing thinking. And I love that you said that. Just start small. That's how the program is too. We just add one daily mass and one hour of adoration to what you're already doing and then monthly confession. And then the next year, it's two daily masses and one or two hours of adoration and still monthly confession until you get like where I'm at. It's weekly confession. Remember, confession isn't just for reconciliation and forgiveness, but it's also for strength. That has been a real, just a real blessing to me. And then now I'm at daily mass. Last year was very hard to do daily mass. I don't know why I bristled on that fifth day, but it took me about six mm -hmm. months. Now I cannot wait to go and I sit in the first pew. It's, it's so beautiful. Day. And confession, I will say that has been so huge for me is going to confession more than once a month. And just like you said, daily mass, we've had a lot of snow days here and I haven't been going to mass as frequently because of the weather. And we haven't had adoration because it's been closed due to weather. And I can tell a difference. I can tell yes. a difference by just missing that during the week. Yes. Yes. It's that hidden Jesus that we're looking for. Every that, That's the holes that we have that we're trying to fill. We're trying to fill with food and alcohol. And it's really the, the adoration and the mass, the sacraments that really need to fill us. And don't be afraid. Just be obedient. Don't be afraid if you're in adoration and you're thinking, I don't want to be here. I don't know. What should I do? What should I read? Maybe I'll just, and you're checking your phone all the time. Should I go? Oh, I have two more minutes. Okay. And it's fine. Go, just go for 30 minutes. Because I bristled, everybody knows my little story in my community. So we have a, a priest and the daily mass is an hour. And when, I first, <laughs> and I, when I first went, I would just, I would be in the back. And here I was like calling myself a devout Catholic, whatever that is, bristling and just being like, okay, this, this isn't how it's supposed to be. My, my thought was like, this isn't right. I'm telling him, I'm telling father after mass that he needs to shorten this up. I have things to do. I have, I have a job. It was just, my, I wasn't even thinking about the mass. It was terrible. And then I just kept praying about it and praying about it. And I offered it up to my community. And I was like, if everybody could pray and fast for me, I don't know what's happening. I, I feel terrible about this. And they were praying and they were fasting. And believe it or not, it went away. And I love my hour mass. And the Lord told me in adoration one day, just like interiorly, you need to slow down. It's perfect for you. You need to slow down and just keep your gaze upon me. Just keep your gaze upon me and I will do it. You can't do it, Beth. I will do it. Do you hear me? And I'm like, oh, right, Lord. That's the two by four method because I have to have the two by four. No whisper help works for me. So now I, I'm amazed. It's 2024 when we're recording this and I'm going to mass and I just, I'm early. <laughs> Before with the one hour, I was like, I'll just get there. The last minute. <laughs> oh, Kylie. Yeah. So everybody should just, don't feel bad about things that are happening, your thoughts when you're going, just get there, do the best you can, find a community that can pray and fast for you. Cause I knew that wasn't right. That I was, that I couldn't even take an hour, like 30 more minutes out of my day to go to a mass. Like logically that doesn't make sense that I don't have 30 minutes somewhere like during my day to stay in a longer mass. And then I could just gaze upon the Lord and be with him a little bit more. It took me a while. And that's the same thing with fasting too. Like it, you're going to fail as a drill instructor. I always said my biggest thing was fail forward fail. Mm -hmm. or you have to fail your way to success. That's the only way you have to, you have to forgive yourself 70 times, seven times, 70 times, seven times seven, all of it times seven times seven. It's just, you just have to keep forgiving yourself and keep getting back up. 
and doing it again. Keep getting back up. We have a phrase in the group called Nunc Chapey. Today, mm -hmm. I begin again with gentle repentance. You don't wait till Monday. You just do it Thursday at 1 p.m. when you screw up. Then at 1.15, Nunc Chapey, you just do it again. And it all works. And I think that's that's why demons are cast out with prayer and fasting, because it's so hard and so easy to give up. But if you stay on it, we cast out the demon. And the faster you renounce those temptations or those lies, whatever it is, it's going to go away. It's when we let them linger and we choose to consent to them that they just stick around and they start to pile up. So I love that. I that's talked great, about that's I haven't heard that before. That is such a great point. Yeah. yeah. So St. Ignatius, the rules of discernment, that's key there is the faster you, t and speaking of it, if you, when you have a community and you can talk about what you're going through and you can say it out loud, that's another way that you can just renounce it and resist that temptation and it will go away so much faster. So much faster. Absolutely. I totally agree. So speaking of St. Ignatius, I heard on one of your podcast episodes recently that you've been working on implementing a daily examine. And I'm a huge advocate of doing that. I actually have a free download where it's questions for the daily examine based on your temperament. But this is often one of the toughest things that people implement. I think because it's towards the end of the day and they're tired. What has helped you to be successful in implementing your examine? Okay. I had to make it very small. I get up really early and mm -hmm. I bet, well, I should say I get up at five o'clock. I don't know if that's early for some people, but I get up at five o'clock. I try to exercise, do everything and get everything ready to go by eight. But the nighttime, I, I'm really tired. And there was just a time there that I just didn't want to do it. It's just that I don't want to. Mm -hmm. right? So I, I made it kind of a game. And on my examine, in my journal that we have in the group, there are little boxes that you check. And so I like to check. I'm a cleric. There you go. Yeah. I know I know people listening can't see it, but I have one that I give to clients. Mm -hmm. And you know what? I just needed that. Like I had a really long one that had all these questions. And so I was like, okay, did I follow my food protocol today? Did I go to a sacrament today? Did I leave a bite for my guardian angel today at every meal? Did I eat vegetables and drink water with every meal? Did I exercise? And I'm just going down there. And it's really quick. And then what I do is I say a rosary. I do the prayers at the end of the Magnificat. And then my husband and I pray deliverance prayers over each other. And that's it. And a lot of times we'll do that like after dinner. Because if I wait, I don't know, sometimes I'll go to bed. At, sometimes I'm in bed at 8.30, 9 o'clock. I can't. You can't do it in bed. If you lay down, it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. And or one of us is going to bed earlier than the other or something. So I think right now the after dinner routine is really good. So tell me how you do it. So I have found that the best way for me to be consistent is to habit stack it with putting my children to bed because my bedtime fluctuates depending on if I have an interview late at night or I help with RCA or something like that. So when I put my kids in bed, we do family prayer. And then a lot of times my son will always ask me to stay and do my extra prayers with him. And so while he's falling asleep and it's quiet in his room, I will pray my examine there. If I haven't said my rosary for the day, I'll also pray my rosary. And that's been the best way for me to be consistent. If I don't do it there and I go to my room, I have to have the light on and I have to sit. I cannot lay down because if I lay down, it is not going to happen. Yeah. But yeah, yeah I found just attaching it to something else has made it much more easy to repeat it again and again. I agree. I love the, I love even the wording habit stacking. The other thing that is really cool too, that I just started last year was liturgy of the hours. And mm -hmm. now remember I am an empty nester. So I, it's me and my husband here and sometimes he travels. So just, I have the time, but if you read the very beginning of the liturgy of the hours and it's praying three times a day for laity, it'll talk about the three hinges of a door and I have a podcast on it. And that basically prayer, praying three times a day is like opening the door to heaven. Mm. And so I, I don't pray at all three times a day, but I can get the morning done and I can get a little bit in that. It's like when you end your day, it's not at noon. It's when you mm -hmm. end your day. And it's actually really quite beautiful and it repeats itself. So it gets quicker because you're repeating yourself. And then that's another thing, like after dinner, just to have a little bit of that. 
a little bit of the liturgy of the hours. But for me, it just has to be, you're right, like habit stacked. I don't know, stacked onto something else that's, we always have dinner. And even if I eat dinner earlier and my husband's coming home, I'll still sit with him with my water while he eats dinner and we're sitting there. And so here comes the prayer. Yes. Yeah. And and that, and I have to tell you though, it doesn't always happen. I, I want right. to be Oh, now. yes. Oh gosh, guys. It's my hardest part. Then I'll just do it in the morning because my morning prayer, I could just sit forever. I could sit for hours and do my morning prayer. <laughs> and the thing that helps me do this at night, the mindset shift that has really helped me is my evening prayer sets me up for better morning prayer. When I have done my exam at night, I'm less likely to oversleep. I'm not pressing snooze. St. Jose Maria Extreme oh. talks about like the heroic minute. When I do my examine, I don't have issues getting out of bed or not looking at my phone. I get up and I pray. That's grace. Yeah. Okay. Thank you for that. That's a great little nugget right there. That's a holy nugget right there. Oh, I love that. Yeah. That is my 2024 goal. I think that's what you heard is the examine at night. Mm -hmm. That's the hardest thing for me. And and it's something that I'm going to solidify at Lent. So use Lent. Anything that you're struggling with, like use Lent to really solidify because the graces that are coming down from Our Lady and Jesus are tremendous. And she has more to give than people can ask for. That's what she says. And I just want to say, if you listen to this podcast, it's coming out right before Lent starts. And Lent has already started. It's not too late. You can still start. It is never too late to start. If you miss the first week of Lent, it's okay. You can still start. Yeah, you can start during Holy Week. Absolutely. Jeez, honestly, it's you're, it's never too late. Never too late. But anyway, this is it's a good time to plan right now. So this is this Sunday will be the 28th and it's called Septuagintism or something like that. I don't know. It's a really long Yes, Dan Burke does a whole video every year on this. Okay, okay, so that's where it came from. It's 70 days before Easter and so he says that we should start preparing now. This is when we should start pre-planning Lent. So pre-plan Lent now. So just try to figure out what am I going to give up food? What am I going to give up beverages? How I'm going to do it? What kind of pattern? Eat fast, feast cycle. What can I do in order to have the best Lent ever? Absolutely. I know we are almost out of time. I just want to end with whenever I have a guest on, I always like to have them share a prayer tip, which we already talked about the examine or a scripture verse. And the scripture verse that you gave me was Luke chapter one, verses 37 through 38. For with God, nothing shall be impossible. And Mary said, behold, the handmaid of the Lord, be it unto me according to thy word. And the angel departed from her. Can you just share why this is so important for women to read this verse? Yes. First one, for with God, nothing shall be impossible. So you can shorten it. Nothing is impossible with God. That's in the Bible in many ways. And this is after the angel told Mary that Elizabeth was also pregnant with St. John the Baptist for nothing is impossible with God. Okay. And so just remember that all the time. Nothing is impossible with God. He can heal you, Kylie. He can heal everybody in our audience. He wants to make our dreams come true. He wants to bring miracles into our lives. And then to have humility with that, it's Mary's fiat. It's behold the handmaid of the Lord, be it unto me according to thy word. And the angel departed from her. So I always say her fiat. And it's really funny. This is what I adopted this year. And for some odd reason, I want to put done in there. I must have heard <laughs> that in another Bible. Behold the handmaid of the Lord, be it done unto me according to thy word. But it's just be it unto me according to thy word. I'm absolutely in love with the blessed mother. I always have been. I sleep with a rosary. I've slept with a rosary since I was little. And she's the one who started the spiritual fasting for me. She's the one who leads me and everything that I do. And I'm very excited. This year, my husband and I are going on a pilgrimage with Sister Dee Dee Byrne and Bishop Strickland. And wow. we're going to three countries. We're going to France, Portugal, and Spain. We're going to Our Lady of Lourdes, Fatima, and Santiago de Compostela. And it's going to be a two-week trip. And I'm very excited about that, to meet her at all these places. And I just love Mary and just, and nothing is impossible with God. We can just follow her footsteps. Amen. You are such a gift, Beth. And I would love to ask before we end, I'll put all of your links in the show notes so people can find you. But if you want to share anything of where the easiest way to reach you is, and then also if you would share a way that I can fast and pray for you. Oh, that's really sweet. Okay. So the website is the 
catholicfastingcoach.com if you want to go there. The next course is Lent. It's a 15-week course, but it goes all year. So it's just, it's coaching twice a week for the entire year. So get in there because this is going to be an amazing year. It's also an election year, everyone, and we need spiritual fasting more than anything for our country. So do it for your family, do it for yourself, do it for the country. And then for me, I would say, yeah, just fast for the spiritual fasting business. And I'm really changing some things this year. So I'm looking for like a local team and it's getting bigger. And I'm just so thankful and fast for delay and pray and spiritual fasting and that more people will come to spiritual fasting. Even if you can just do it on your own, that's fine. Just listen to the podcast. I have a book coming out, but we need more people to spiritually fast. And yeah, just pray for me and pray for priests. Amen. I said at the beginning, if you leave here and don't want to change anything about your life, I will be shocked. If you still feel like you don't want to change anything, then I'm going to encourage you to listen to this again. Thank you so much for being here, Beth. You are such a blessing. Thank you, Kylie. I hope you enjoyed this podcast. And if you did, you know the drill. Please subscribe and even leave a five-star review if you wouldn't mind so that others will hear the great message of spiritual fasting, get healthy, lose weight, and get back to the sacraments this new year, especially during Lent. If you are interested in learning more about spiritual fasting and permanent weight loss, then come join my course, Delay and Pray, a guided course for weight loss through spiritual fasting. You won't go through it alone either. I will be there to coach you every step of the way. This is a group coaching program where you are part of an amazing community of like-minded Catholics who have the same goal as you to bring about miracles while losing that weight permanently through spiritual fasting. Your purchase includes an online course detailing what spiritual fasting is, how to do it, and all the tools you need to get you the results you're longing for. Head over to my website right now at thecatholicfastingcoach.com and get the details on how to join. And don't forget to follow me on Instagram, Facebook, Pinterest, and LinkedIn to always get the latest daily information to help you keep fasting, my friends. Can't wait to see you in there. May God bless you and keep you always.